Welcome to the Odd Data Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, the really busy and tired Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where I empty out my brain and and just give it to you. All of whatever the hell's going on in my head. I make fun of some weird news shit. And I tell you about a podcast that you should be listening to because I said so. Because, yeah. But once a month, I talk to somebody. I have somebody on here to hang out and talk with me and empty out their brain as well. Because it's fun that way. And this month, I have the awesome, the amazing Paul Chomo from the Varmints Podcast. He has been here before. He was on the show back in November, but that was just because I needed help to get through National Podcast Post Month. So, to give him a proper Guest of the Month honor, (laughs) which we kind of get into that whole bit later, um... Paul is my guest because we're buds and that's it. I love getting my podcast friends on here and talking about whatever we go from the kind of obligatory talking tech, talking shop stuff that I do because come on, I talk podcasting with everybody that comes on the show and then we get into animals, we get into the environment, we get into invasive species and fungal pops and so much more because his mind is just as crazy and random as mine and it's so fun getting to talk to Paul because well because his mind is so much like mine (laughs) he's basically me plus a few years and I'm not going to say how many years that is but (laughs) anyway it's it's just it's just a fun conversation. I love it. it's even listening back through to edit through all this. I was cracking up. It was such a fun time getting to talk to Paul. So, without any more rambling and ranting on my part, here we are. My awesome interview with the amazing Paul Chomo. Hello. Hello. Travel is fun, huh? (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah, I took a day off from work today to kind of recover from it. Yeah. I thought thought after this weekend I was going to have a migraine all day today, so I just took this day off in case, and I've actually felt pretty good today, and I've been able to be somewhat productive, which is nice. Yeah, productive is always a good thing. Yeah, but also I'm just laying around doing a bunch of nothing. And sometimes you just need that. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, for me, because today is you know Monday and I don't have work and it's my big I have to be productive day because other days I have to try and sleep and again, be productive. Like I have to get stuff done, but I also have laundry and I've got sleep on other days and all this other crap. And since we got back from our trip, we found that the crickets just took over everything. Don't know why. And I didn't mow the yard before we left on vacation. So I had to mow it as soon as we got back. 
And because it had gotten so high because of basically two weeks of not getting trimmed. And the day after we got back, we had a big thunderstorm. And so it's gotten lots of water and gotten really tall and it's full of crickets and ants and all this stuff. And when I've been getting home at night, the whole sidewalk walking up to the door is just cricket city. And (laughs) the number and crickets are the number one food for the scorpions. So really you went you need to get rid of the crickets. If you have a cricket problem out here. Sure. And so, yeah, it has been kind of a bitch. And so today I was mowing the yard and spraying everything because, you know, yay, self-pest control and just mixed up a five gallon bucket of insecticide and sprayed the entire front door and the wall and the whole and just took like half of the bucket and just chucked it along the entire front sidewalk. <laughs> like if anything survives that. Just keep them, keep them and name them and turn them loose on your neighbors if you don't like them. Uh, I bet that's part of it is that my neighbor is moving out and I bet it's them disrupting shit by moving jerks. That could be. I can't tell if they're completely moving out because it was like older couple and their adult son. And I thought that they were moving out, but periodically I'll see one of their other son's trucks show up and haul small, like washer and dryer but i have not seen them other than when the trucks show up in a couple of weeks and like did they move out or are they actually moving what's going on <laughs> but apparently <laughs> between last night and tonight a bunch of little solar path lights popped up I'm like if they're moving out why are there new lights on the on the driveway <laughs> yeah i don't know and i'm not the neighborly kind to go and ask like <laughs> excuse me are y'all leaving <laughs> Just curious because cause I'm curious. <laughs> I'm a jerk that way. Oh no, but those are the those are the best. Are we are we recording? I hit record before I called you. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna press record now. Okay, we're recording. <laughs> so of the twenty one kids that you have, how old is your oldest son? He is going to be ten in two weeks. Two or three okay. weeks. Oh, the 16th. So my son is 22. Yeesh. And without his help, I would not have been able to set my mixer up and, and all these wires and the microphones and everything. So how were you able to do it without another adult helping you? Because I could not <laughs> figure it out. Was it just YouTube videos? No, it's just me sitting there tinkering, really. Oh, okay. See, that's the difference between me and you. I don't have any patience for tinkering. I tinker for a little bit. And then I'm like, Matthew, get in here. I what am I doing wrong? <laughs> this um this experience with my equipment and having to have my son set it all up is getting me ready for old age because I'm 48 and I I, I never I don't want to be the old person that has to have somebody come over and and set up his iPad or anything like that. <laughs> but I can I can see myself heading in that direction already, <laughs> you know. With this whole mixer thing, because, yeah, well, then just don't use that stuff. <laughs> and audio equipment does get tricky, especially when I'm mean, like, like I said, I'm I'm using a 302 mixer. This is the backpack. You know, I when I was doing mom and dad cuss, I literally took a Y splitter because then back then our mics were hard line with the guitar jack plugs. Yeah. And sure. so it was like that. So I had two of those. 
So I just had a big Y splitter plugged into the microphone jack and another big Y splitter plugged into the headphone jack so we could both hear. And that's how we recorded that. <laughs> wow. And when I got the Q2Us, like, well, they're XLR. I went and got an XLR splitter to keep <laughs> to be able to still do that. <laughs> and then like a year later, I got the 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 UMC 202, even though uh, everybody else was like, oh, you should get the 402 for the this. Like, yeah, but and it's like 20 bucks more. It's like, but I don't need that and that and that and that yet. It's like maybe I do later, but I'm I no. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was tough to be able to argue, hey, I'm gonna spend I think it's like 60 bucks. <laughs> like I'm gonna spend 60 bucks on more podcasting equipment. Like, why? You don't need it. Cause <laughs> <laughs> the that's where the editing money I can spend on myself. And that's about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, my son bought me my mixer. And it, it, I was like, wow, that's really cool. How does it work? Yeah. And I, you know, put it on my desk and they don't give you instructions in the box on how to like set up a mix minus thing on your mixer because they're selling it to people who are using it with microphones and guitars and stuff, right? Not for podcasting. Yeah. It's all designed for musicians and we've kind of co-opted it into podcasting. It's like, it works. Oh yeah. It, it does the job. But that's where I got like, you know, the, the, the little mixer that I got. So it's like, I just need it to plug a microphone into my computer. I don't need a million other features. Later on, I realized oh, I may probably should have gone with a higher end one that maybe has some compression on it or something. But eventually, you know, that was the I don't know anything of what I'm doing. I'm figuring this all out as I go. Um, this is before I knew what noise reduction was. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like all that stuff. Like before I could knew how to do anything with my audio, th that's where I was at. And that's why I, I learned on, you know, tiny little mixer. And I learned on, you know, all that's why the whole, like I, I do everything as hard as I possibly can. And then figure it out from there, learn how to do it wrong until I figure out how to do it right. <laughs> wow. I, you have more patience than I do. I admire that. I'm I'm patient with some things. Other things, I'm like, eh, fuck, we're get, get it on with. Well, it's because you have 14 kids, though. <laughs> you, you, you've you had to learn patience. How many kids do you have? It's four, right? It's four, yeah. Four kids. All boys, right? All boys. Nice. That's fun. And they go back to school next Monday. Oh, that's going to be and fun. And how excited are you about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't mind because I don't take them to school in the morning. Okay. But I have to pick them up in the afternoon. And that really is just a man, I got to schedule my day out around the, okay, we've got to be, this has got to be done by this time because we have to leave at this time to go get the boys. And we're going to be sitting there in car line for an hour and then we'll be back home by this point. And Rihanna always gives me crap about, why didn't you get anything done? It's like, because when it comes to nap time, pretty much after nap time, the day is lost. Like right. we wake oh. up, we go pick up the boys, we get home, I make dinner, I go to work and it's all in very short order and somewhere in the making dinner part, I'm also helping them with homework. So if I don't do it before noon, it's probably not getting done. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. My kids are 24 and 22 and I, I remember those days and you know what? I actually miss those days. 
yeah, but now, you know, your son can help you with those adult electronics and stuff like that. And your daughter's off there being nice to animals. That's right. Yeah. And and those are nice things too. But, you know, it's it's weird how you miss the stuff that is just a royal pain in the ass when it's happening. You know, like waiting in the parent pickup line. I haven't had to experience that in probably 10 years. And it's hot and it's dumb and you're not getting anything done and the people are, you know, being ugly in the parent pickup line. And it wasn't fun when it was happening. But now I'm like, ah, I remember being in the parent pickup line waiting for my kid. That was kind of nice. Yeah, it's kind of strange how you know. In the looking back, it's like, oh, those were pretty good times, even though it was a real pain in the butt and totally inconvenient. It's funny because for me, it's been kind of convenient that you guys have dialed back on your releases on the show, uh, especially over the summer, because pickup line was actually where we would listen to varmints all the time. That was oh, cool. Where it was the hey. We've got all this time where we're going to be sitting here waiting on the boys to get out of school. So this is what we can listen to. And it's kid friendly. (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of shows I listen to that that don't have any swearing in them. And I don't mind it too much, but it's a matter of context and how is it used and whatnot. And my kids are parrots. So. (laughs) Sure. Well, that's I mean, that's why we we. That's why we dialed it back uh, quite a bit, because I was talking to people online that were listeners to the show, and they would tell me what episode they had just listened to. And it was an episode that was four or five weeks old at that point. And I kept hearing that over and over and over again, and I thought, okay, I am breaking my balls trying to get an episode out every week. Everyone I talk to is behind, and nobody is caught up. I need a break. Donna needs a break. Why don't I just go to every other week? And I told everybody, hey, we're going to go to every other week for a while and see how that works out. But in my mind, I was going, yeah, we're just going to go to every other week and whether you like it or not. But I didn't want to say that, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, something's got to give. And I mean, your show requires work. Oh, for sure. It actually, you know, you have to do a lot of research and editing. And it is a, a classic example of when you hear the bloopers, you realize how much editing actually went into the stuff when it seems very smooth and flawless, but then you hear the bloopers and you're like, Oh, that took like three times for you guys to get through that whole thing there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I sit here and just pour over that audio and make it sound as good as I can, because if I just put it out there in its raw form, you wouldn't be able to listen to it. I don't, I wouldn't be able to listen to it. I wouldn't want to subscribe to that podcast, but yeah, that's why uh, that's why people need to hire people like you to yeah. make their stuff sound good. And uh, if I wasn't such a control freak, I probably would. But I have the time, and I'm a control freak. So, and that's what I hear from everybody. <laughs> All of our our mutual podcast friends and everyone's like, "Man, I would totally hire you if I wasn't such a control freak about my show." <laughs> like, yeah, I would be rolling in it. If it weren't for the fact that everybody I know is just as controlling about their shows as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been nice. Now we're at a full every other week schedule because we were we were still recording every week. We were still preparing a show and recording a show every single week until I had a few banked. And now we're at a point where we're recording every other week. We're preparing for a show. 
we have a little more time to do that because we were really cramming it in before. So now we have a, a, a lot of breathing room and I can do other projects and I can talk to you on this show and I can, you know, I'm going to do the, the uh, podcast today thing in November. I forget what the the acronym for that is. It's just big and clunky and awkward. Yeah, it's really clunky and awkward because it's National Podcast Post Month. Nan, nanopod pomo yeah, or something like that napod sure. pomo it was like it's it's yeah. easier to say the whole big long thing than try and use you know use the acronym that was totally co-opted from the national novel <laughs> writing month which totally is a smoother nano rimo <laughs> is much yeah. smoother yeah we're so podcasters yeah, we adopted do. everything from everybody else <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I have time to do that kind of stuff too. It's been it's been really nice. And people are still not caught up. People are like, oh, I just listened to the uh I don't know, the otters. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just listened to the otters episode. <laughs> okay. Well, that was from a year and a half ago. Glad you listened. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I but you've I feel also bad. got like feel... a show that's kind of uh evergreen, so new people can jump in at the very beginning and work their way up and it takes time because you all got a pretty good amount now. And yeah, you know, we're up to 120, 120 something episodes. Yowie. Yeah. Except I don't like it when people go and, and listen from the beginning because my beginning episodes were like everybody's beginning episodes. It just doesn't sound good. I, they, they were not, they were not fully formed yet. They're not the episodes that they are today. So, and people were like, People people will start at the beginning and go, what happened to the other Paul? I like that guy. You know, like, yeah. he's really funny and this show is really great. And I'll be like, well, uh, don't get too attached to the other Paul. Uh, he's a great guy, <laughs> but he's not going to be around for long. He'll be gone after 16 episodes. And yeah, and I, I just put out the uh, Great White Shark episode today for Shark Week. And it was the very first episode that me and Donna ever did together. And even that, I was listening to it today because I was inserting the ad for the Sunshine Summit in it into it. I was just making sure it sounded good. And it's like, wow, I've kind of come a long way with the whole sound design of my show and the way, you know, the way the show flows and all that stuff. Because looking back on it now and hearing it now, it doesn't sound all that great. She had a bad microphone. I had a bad microphone. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing to make the sound nice and clear. I didn't save the old files, so I can't really go back and re-edit it and make it sound clearer and sharper, which I don't really have the time to do anyway. So I, I love it when people listen to any episode of my podcast, like jump in wherever you want to. But if you're starting from the very, 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 very beginning, you know, it's like, just hang in there. It gets better. It's like the first season of Breaking Bad. Just get through it. And I promise you it's going to get better. <laughs> like listen to something new. Like, all oh, yes. right, I like this. Let me go back to the beginning. Then you understand at least. You're like, okay, yeah. this is you know where it, it it ends up. So if you don't like the audio because you listened to episode one, sorry, you were dumb and listened to episode one of anything. But <laughs> yeah, and I think that is the case for a lot of podcasts, which makes me feel good and it makes me feel like I don't suck at podcasting. I'm just having the the average experience for someone who sits in his bedroom and makes a thing. It's just been, you know, I'm, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants and I'm still learning 120 some episodes later. I'm still figuring out little tips and tricks and I'm still working on my delivery and I'm, and I'm working on 
trying to streamline my editing and making things sound better and better and better. You know, it's nonstop, but boy, it was it was a little rough there in the beginning. And I, like I say, I'm glad everybody, uh, most people I know have had this experience. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm not ahead of the curve. I'm not behind. I'm just sort of right there. I'm the average podcaster, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, but you've also, you know, won awards for being average podcaster guy. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I won a couple awards and, and that was really nice. And that was, you know, that was because of the people that listened that decided to vote for me over and over and over again. You know, I don't know how much of that is a reflection of my content or a reflection of how zealous my podcasters are in, in voting for me. I don't know. But yeah, the, the awards are nice. Yeah. The awards are, are cool. Over here, I'm just some schnook who's got a lot of friends who have done a lot of cool things. Got all yeah, of my well, podcaster friends are way cooler and more successful at this podcasting thing than I am. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I feel about you. Like, honestly, the little thing you do at the beginning of the show where you go, welcome to the Odd Dad Out podcast. <laughs> I, I, when I, okay, I started listening in my car on the way to work. Like for years, I would just listen to music on my, on my way into work. My dog is going nuts. So ignore her. <laughs> so now when your episode drops, I start listening to it on the way to work. And then when I get to work, I listen to the rest of it. And when you do the beginning, welcome to the Odd Dad Out podcast. I am Adam Higgins, your host. And, and uh, I forget how you do it now. But all of the spiel, how I do it. Yeah. <laughs> I do the whole spiel. And I do it exactly how you do it. And normal is not my specialty. And I love it. <laughs> so I, I admire what you do. And and plus, you sit there alone in front of your microphone and just rant and manage to make it like interesting and funny, which I don't know if I could pull off. I'm going to try to do it in November. It is. I, and I, I've said it before. It, I don't know how I do it. And I forget sometimes that this is technically like the way I do this is the most difficult form of podcasting is the unscripted improvised all by myselfiness of it. But it's the only thing I know because I grew up in a radio family with my dad sitting there and alone in a studio, you know, just talking between songs. And so that, that's all I really know. He never did. My dad never did a co-hosted show, you know, other than when we were doing mom and dad cuss, I don't do a lot of, you know, guest stuff and interacting and co-hosty stuff. And so it's always just been me dumping my brain out in, on a microphone. And I forget that that's kind of what people see as the hardest stuff to do. Like, oh, this mm -hmm. is supposed to be hard. This is just me talking and there's a red foam ball in front of my face. That's what I got. I got blippy lines and a stuffed flamingo in front of me. That's all. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, that's that's why it works so well. I mean, you can tell when people are doing a solo podcast and they're just trying too hard to be edgy or funny or whatever. Yeah. And you can tell that it just comes naturally to you. And this, this is just what you do when a microphone is in front of your face. And I, you can tell, you can tell it's authentic and that's what I like about it. it it's yeah, funny for me though. Cause like, I, I honestly, it, I look at podcasting and all of this, like I do when I learned to ride a motorcycle is mm -hmm. that, I am infinitely more comfortable on a motorcycle than I've ever been in a car. I'm not a, a like neurotic driver or anything like that, but I can totally zen out on a motorcycle between just the wind in your face and the hum of the engine and all of that. And I'm just 
completely comfortable and at ease. And I'm the same way you put a microphone in front of me and, and push record and I can just go. And I, I mean, granted the first probably six months of this show, I would sit there and get choked up and I'd be ah, just a ball of nerves, but for every time, but you know, I don't know, somewhere in there and just like, well, I, I think it was worthy. All of this, you know, I figured out the intro and I, the cheesy, whatever. And once I figured it, once I got to what I'm doing and it's like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing five times of doing the intro warming up and then there we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome yeah. to hack, hack, cough, cough, take four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I was, I, I was an initially very, very nervous doing my podcast just because when that microphone was in front of my face, I would just lock up and it's something about having the microphone right there. And I've done like public speaking and public reading, and I'm used to having a microphone in front of my face. Like that's not the thing. It's just sort of like there's a permanence to it. Like when you're speaking into a microphone and you're watching the waveform and you're like, oh, I'm going to put something out there in the world and other people are going to hear it. And then I don't know what it is after a while that you just stop caring or you know that you can just make a mistake and go back and fix it or you just get used to it. I don't know what it is, but now I'm the same way. I could, you know, put a microphone in front of my face and I can talk just fine. No problem. Yeah. I put a microphone yeah. in front of my face. I can talk all day, Put me in for an audience yep. and <laughs> I'm, I'm not good yeah. with the public speaking thing. And it was kind of funny. And I, I think it was a, just a, a chat that I was having with Emily Prokop because she's part of the She Podcast live event. And she's doing a lot of the marketing and stuff with that. And I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning and she's over there and they're still up and she's sitting there up all night as they're going through and picking presenters and the speakers for the event and at like 400 submissions and they're having to go through each person's submissions and they're, they're who they are and all the stuff. And we were talking about like stuff like presenting and because she's done presentations. She was just, uh, they were doing a thing in Denver this last weekend and she's been to Podfest, and she's been to, she's been to a bunch of different things. And I was like, I'd love to be able to go to one of those things or present, but I have no clue what I would talk about. But she was saying that a lot of these big events like this, you start getting a lot of the same people show up and having a lot of the same speeches. and. A lot, like especially like the the heads of the big hosting companies and things like that, and they basically will come in and offer a basically the same thing they did last year with updated information. Like, well, here's where like they would do the uh, the state of podcasting, and it's like, well, you know, revenues are up, and you know they're spending more on ads, and the you know the whole space is growing, and they're they're just doing kind of that sort of stuff. And she was like, but it starts getting stale, and you want to see new faces. And they really need to have like indie podcasters coming in, people who aren't big names. And you don't have John Lee Dumas coming in, basically saying the same thing he's told everybody because there's new people here this year that haven't heard the same speech that he's given the last three years. So he's going to give basically the same speech. Sure. It's like we want, there needs to be more indie podcasters who go out there and present and do something different. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But what the hell would I talk about? <laughs> <laughs> that's my big thing. What the hell would I talk about? 
because I'm not some, you know, I'm not Steve Stewart or John Buchanan who are known higher end editors who make a living at this. I'm still a schnook who cooks, cooks, what the hell, who cleans carpet for a living. <laughs> I cook carpet for a living. Ah, no, <laughs> that sounds like some sort of a sexual thing. I, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if, if you give me a subject and tell me to get up and talk about it, I could probably do it with a little bit of preparation. And I would totally do something like that if you tell me what to talk about and if you pay for my $600 ticket or whatever it is to get into one of those events. Yeah. Because they're expensive. Yeah. that That's another big one. Just like when Emily was on and she was like, I'm pretty sure I could get you a ticket. And I was like, yeah, but it's in New Orleans and it's far. And that means travel and hotel and not being at work for that entire time. And oh, yeah, yeah. my wife has to stay home and watch the kids. So she's not working very expensive undertaking for me to go to something like that that's why like because she has so many friends in the the making of convention space i keep hassling her it's like you know like we really need to have like you know podcast movement phoenix (laughs) we need to have an event and there's nothing out here everything is in the west coast i mean there's there's um there's one they do in florida every year you know, you've got stuff that's relatively close to you, and then, you know, but well, Florida is a big state. Yeah, People is. don't realize that it's just kind of hanging off there on the end of America, looking. You know, it looks like it's peeing on Cuba. But I mean, Orlando, where they have this podcasting event, like in August, I think. Yeah, that's four. That's four hours away. I still have to get a hotel room. Yeah, you know, and I I can't do that. There's just no, and it's in the middle of the week. Yeah. Because of course. Yeah. And I think that's actually I, the guy who's uh, helping them with the She Podcast event in October. Yeah. And that's probably, it's probably cheaper to get venues then, but it's also as if they are selecting for people who make a living podcasting. Yeah. It makes it a lot harder you know? for the indie guy to show up. He's like, no, I got to be at work on Wednesday. You know, I can't take days off to go to this convention because. Oh, it makes it nearly impossible. Unless you're running your own business, doing something else, and you can give yourself the time off, and you have the the income to buy the ticket and get the hotel room and, and yeah. feed yourself and all that good stuff, you know. Yeah. So I w- maybe one day I'll get to go. Uh, it, it will not be this year. Yeah, it is a sometimes goal for me. I mean, there's there's also a a meetup they do out here that uh, that it was kind of surprising. I was listening to the podcasters roundtable. And Evo Terra was a guest. And then I found out it was like, he is, he was like one of the first, literally one of the first podcasters in like the very first, the, the listing, I forget even what it was called, but his show was number 40 because they were all just identified by a number. Oh my goodness. And he had like the number 40 podcast ever that was in a listing. And he lives here in Phoenix. And he actually has a Facebook group for Phoenix podcasters and once a month hosts a big meetup downtown. I'm like, this would be great if this wasn't on a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, this is the... Does he still make a podcast? Does he still podcast? He actually does a daily show. Uh, I think it's Podcastifications, I believe is what oh. it is. Or Podcast Pontification, something like that. I'll have to check that out. And yeah, but then sure. he's got this whole group and they put this whole thing together. And I would just like, 
I would love to go, but it's like it's in downtown Phoenix. <laughs> it's still an hour drive for me <laughs> from my house. Yeah. Oh well, one of these days, yep. one of these days, you and me, we'll, we'll be big wigs. Mm-hmm. We'll be putting these things together. I mean, I'm glad that people think that my um, podcast is as big as they think it is. I, I guess I'm putting off some sort of illusion that it is this thing that millions of people listen to but you know the fact is uh nobody dies in my podcast uh nobody gets murdered so you know yeah if, if, for, for for a podcast where nobody gets murdered it's doing pretty well but in the grand scheme of things yeah i mean if it bleeds it leads and and short of the food pretty box much. nothing's bleeding or, or you and scorpions hey. <laughs> yeah scorpions i still oh boy <laughs> i just because I didn't catch it when you actually did the live stream for the cure and eating all of all of the animals and like so many bugs and listening back to it when you released it yourself. I was like, oh, ah, no, why? So many bugs. Ah. <laughs> and I, I tell you what happened before I got on camera. I was I, I have asthma due to allergies and the allergies you know, started to hit. Mm. So that whole day I was like losing my voice and coughing and, and trying to not talk so that I could, I could do my, you know, I could do my, my, uh, my appearance later on. Mm. I didn't want to bail out last minute. So I was already in a dodgy place, you know, with my throat and all that good stuff. So I get on there and I eat these bugs. I don't know if they need to be soaked first in something. I don't know. I, I honestly, I never, I didn't bother to look up how you're supposed to eat them or prepare them. It's like this is salt are, cured. You're supposed to soak them you, overnight. <laughs> it, maybe that's the instructions, but I didn't see them. And if even if I did, I didn't have time to do it. And this is the dry, this is the, the, the driest stuff you've ever eaten in your life, or bugs, right out of a package like that. <laughs> and it, you can just feel all the moisture in your body getting sucked out by the, <laughs> these little insect parts. And you could see on, I mean, you can hear and see me in that appearance where near the end, I'm not breathing. I'm not talking. I can barely function. And if you already and, have asthma from allergies and then you're eating bugs and what's to say they didn't seriously aggravate the hell out of that. <laughs> oh, they did. They did. Because as soon as the microphone went off, I got up and went to my bathroom and had a coughing fit. And couldn't catch my breath to the point where I nearly passed out. Mm. Like I didn't think I was gonna <laughs> I, I didn't think I was gonna be conscious. Like I was really starting to get dizzy because I was I, you know, and I God, I pounded like three bottles of water and <laughs> and that sort of helped. And that was bad. That was really, really bad. And th- that's the part people did not hear was the end of that where I was in my bathroom nearly dying. Mm. I didn't throw up, but I had a really hard time catching my breath and and functioning yeah that is yeah that was fun what you didn't see (laughs) yeah what you didn't see was me almost dying at the end of that yeah i i can't even imagine i was like i'm not uh, i'm not going to avoid eating bugs but i'm sure as hell not going to pursue it The if I were in and a think, situation think, where I absolutely had to final deal with it, I'm not going to be like, yeah, bugs. But 
Yeah, bugs. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that is the average response that 98% of people would give. You know, I'm not eating bugs. And I'm like, well, what could possibly go wrong? Let's eat a bug. Let's see what happens. Then again, <laughs> you're also eating, you know, these apparently salt-cured, dehydrated bugs. Most people who eat bugs are eating, you know, roasted and like chocolate covered ants and crickets and mealworms and things like that that are a little more meaty and right. granted they were probably alive when you started ordering them but they're still meaty and they're probably again covered in chocolate or breaded or something you know i got a tempura tarantula for you instead of just a regular one sure. and, and i would try that but it also feels like cheating what you do it to, to chicken why wouldn't you do it to tarantula <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, just cooking a piece of chicken is boring and dry. It needs some egg wash and some tempura, maybe some salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah. At least somebody was like, if I send you a lollipop with a scorpion in it, would you eat that, you know, live for the Facebook group? And I said, I would, but it's all coated in sugar yeah. and stuff. And that kind of feels like cheating, especially after after I've eaten a Straight scorpion. scorpion with yeah. A, a plain old scorpion. How many licks does it take <laughs> to get to the center of a scorpion pop? <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the, the, the pointy bits of the scorpion did actually poke the inside of my mouth. Like I wasn't acting like I actually got stung by a dead scorpion in my Ooh. mouth while I was trying to eat it. And I have to imagine they do something at least to pre-milk those just in case because... My understanding. Well, they're so dry. I can't imagine there being any venom in it, but they definitely do not do anything to the pointy bits. Like you get all the little sharp yeah. things on the scorpion. Yeah. I just, I remember growing up, we've always been told don't step on a dead scorpion because the tail, because it, it's just like, here's a little bulb with venom in it and the big pointy bit. And if you step on it, just the pressure of you stepping on it, if it punctures can still poison you. And so we were always like, don't step on them. <laughs> and we're like, uh, is yeah. they, is they, they leave that in there. They need to like, just like squeeze it out or something before they throw it in that little jar. <laughs> it's like, oops, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to have that sting in your mouth. Not that I'd want any of the scorpion in my mouth, but I don't want no. the, the pointy stingy bit to be working while it's, if I'm eating it. Sure. Right. Extra flavor, but no, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of those venomous animals that are still venomous even after they're dead. Like I know with um, ver venomous snakes, if you and you know, I hope people don't chop their heads off. But if you chop their head off, they're still venomous for quite a while uh, because their venom sacs are up in their head. Yeah, you know, and you can still get poked and you can still get envenomated by those things. But there, there's only a few scorpions that you really are in danger from. They're all venomous, but you know, like beasting venomous. They're not going to kill you. Yeah. And, but still, the old, yeah, yeah. The most dangerous one in the States is, is the Arizona bark scorpion, which unless you are in a, a high risk population, you're really old or really young, or you're a small dog. It's probably not going to kill you. It's going to hurt like hell, but it's not going to kill you. Right. But it, it but that's uh, that's also the one you're most likely to encounter because it's like 75% of the scorpion population of the Southwest. 
<laughs> it's like you're much and there's you know, other ones out here that eat those there's like giant hairy scorpions out here and their primary diet are bark scorpions we're like great i'm not gonna be discriminating if i see a scorpion in my house though <laughs> sure do you know how happy it makes me living in florida to know that other places have dangerous animals <laughs> like oh it's not just us thank god well, I've always said that Arizona is basically Australia light. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're on the so, surface of the sun. So Fisher Price, my first Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like out here, I mean, in Australia, it's basically known everything's going to kill you. There are trees in Australia that are that have like venomous spines and bark. The, if you eat the fruit, it will make you go insane. If you brush up against the leaves or the branches, they've got these like freaking jellyfish tentacle, uh, you know, like the nematocysts, big words of a jellyfish sting. And this tree has them. And so you just like brush wow. this tree and it can, the, the toxins and the pain from this tree, the like animals will jump off of cliffs to kill themselves from the pain. No and kidding. They, I've never heard of this put before. put people in comas because of the pain from this tree. It's like, wow, I had no idea any of this yeah. was a thing. And, and, and never mind the brown snakes and the, the cane toads and the friggin' the tiny little, I, I can't pronounce it, the like micro jellyfish that if this thing stings you, you're dead. You know, the, you're not going to survive it and you're probably not going to find the little thumbnail sized jellyfish and all of the, the, the everything, <laughs> the huntsman spiders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have cane toads here. Yeah. We have them here and we have to like we I feel bad killing them, but we have to we have to kill yeah. them. We have to get rid of them because we have a dog. And, uh, you know, if your dog gets a hold of one of those, your dog's going to die. Yeah. And I think that's how we lost our, our last dog. We don't know exactly what happened to her, but we do know that she got a hold of a toad. Mm. And then some months after that, her kidneys failed and she was gone. Yes, that, I definitely suspect cane toads for that. Yeah. So I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the guy who loves animals and does a podcast about them outside, you know, beating them over the head with a shovel <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I because I like my dog better. Yeah. Sorry. Invasive species versus my dog. My dog wins. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just started in Florida. They, they they told everybody that it's okay to kill iguanas. Like, if you see iguana, however you want to kill it, you kill it. Because they're so invasive. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. It's like, it's an, if it's an invasive species and you got to do some population control because the natural, you know, the, the, the native animals are dying because of invasive species problems yeah i'm i'm gonna round them up and i think it's in south florida in puerto rico in that in that little stretch of water out there where um lionfish are oh yeah they're where they went from oh look the pretty fish and they introduced the pretty fish and they oh they're not supposed to be here and they're breeding like crazy oh hey they're tasty and they so they realized <laughs> <laughs> like they were breeding them originally for food and they got completely out of control. And now it's just people that go out every day just to wrangle up and basically fish for the day's supplies for all the restaurants. But now it's like, 
they're out there eating all of the lionfish for population control. They're like, you know, lobster used to be yeah. garbage food and now it's all fancy. Like, yeah. Lionfish oh, went the we other way. A, <laughs> yeah. We just did an episode about lobsters and we talk about how lobsters went from being, um, you know, sort of like food that people avoided to being like this stuff that you pay a lot of money for. And it's really, really interesting how it went from point A to point B. Like at one point there were literally like workers that worked on railroads and prisoners and stuff like that, that were, that were rioting because they were being fed too much lobster. If you can imagine that. (laughs) Just like that it went from being peasant food. It's kind of like the, 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 the journey of the tomato where it's like, oh my God, those are terrible and they're poisonous and they're going to kill you and blah, 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 blah. It's like, because it's a nightshade berry. But yeah, it's like, then don't eat the greens, idiot. But <laughs> it's like, don't eat a green potato. And I, have you ever heard that? The, like a russet potato? No, I. If you eat a green potato that they actually have a neurotoxin that can kill you. If you eat a straight green, like a whole green potato that it's actually the defense mechanism of the plant is this neurotoxin to keep them from being eaten before they're ripe. And basically once they're ripe and the potatoes are all brown, then they're fine. But if you eat like a whole green potato, the, the toxin level is high enough to kill you. So when you're eating a bag of potato chips and you get that one potato chip that has like a green edge on it, like, what does that mean? What does it mean, man? <laughs> no, I don't, that tripped me out. It was one of those like true false question things like, oh, did you know? And then like, like, no, I've eaten green pieces of potato. I've eaten green potato chips. It's no big deal. It, basically, it's like you got to eat the whole thing. But it's like, oh, oh okay. shit, that's poisonous. Then <laughs> 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 I start questioning every potato I've ever eaten. It's like where the potatoes wow. go wrong. I'm being the potatoes have turned on us. As an Irish Mexican potatoes out of my diet is very hazardous. <laughs> yeah these invasive species in florida there we have the most invasive invasive species of any state plants and yeah because that's where everybody landed (laughs) yeah and plus people get these pets people get pets and they don't want to take care of them anymore and they just let them loose so that's why we have you know a million iguanas yeah iguanas everywhere we have iguanas where i live they're not not as much as certain parts of Florida, but certainly more than we used to have. And all different kinds of lizards and pythons in the Everglades and monkeys up in central oh, Florida. The monkeys. Uh, I remember hearing about yeah, that. <laughs> the, the herpes monkeys. Yeah. And all just it's it's nuts down here with the invasive species. And then you have like the animal rights people who are like, no, don't kill them, don't kill them. They're they're sentient creatures. They have a right to live and like that is true. My them. dog has a right to live too, but he didn't because of a stupid invasive cane toad. So you know, kiss exactly. my ass. <laughs> yep, that's it. And it, it sounds really bad, but we have herpes monkeys and iguanas that don't belong here, and we have uh, gators. Let's just feed them to the gators. Why are we feeding gators chicken? I could eat that chicken. That's actually a really good idea. I doubt you're allowed to feed herpes monkeys to gators, but you know, I don't see why not. Because herpes. That alligators don't get herpes. What do they care? <laughs> alligators eat anything. You throw them a couple of herpes monkeys, they'll be happy as a clam. 
So yeah, just round up all those frozen iguanas in the winter and just keep them on ice until the summer and just, you know, here, saving money. <laughs> you don't even... <laughs> Boy, I like that. I like that. Send all the iguanas and the herpes monkeys to a, an alligator farm and just fatten those gators yeah. up. Problem solved. I like that. Because we need more gators. We do, actually. Yeah, alligators are, are really cool. And they are threatened because of the pythons in the Everglades, yeah. which there are a lot of. Yeah. Which are a lot harder to kill than herpes monkeys and iguanas. Because yes. nobody wants to go digging around in the Everglades to look for a giant killer snake. They're a lot harder to find than the gator saurus strolling across the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting better at finding them, though. They're getting better at, at tracking them and finding them and and stopping their breeding. Like, there are people that who's basically whose job it is to go walking around in the Everglades, find these, these giant pythons and either kill them on the spot or uh, put a tracker on them so that they can lead the, uh, lead the people to the other pythons. Yeah. Find like the nest or where are they kind of congregating? Yeah. Find the nest. Yeah, exactly. And then you go in and you wrangle up the nest and you catch them all. And then you feed them to the gators. (laughs) You feed them to the gators, <laughs> chop them up into nice little bite-sized pieces, and there you go. It's like I lived in, in South Texas for 15 years, where once a year, there was a rattlesnake roundup. Oh, sure. The the Freer rattlesnake roundup, and they'd probably have 4,000 rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. In these different events, and we're like, by the end of the day, every one of those snakes are dead. Oh, and, yeah. And they're turning them into snake fritters and... They, you know, it's one of those, hey, yeah. you're going to have some rattlesnake earrings and a rattlesnake belt and a box full of uh, snake fritters you're taking home at the end of this day. Yeah. But a little a little rattle for your keychain. Yeah. Boots and purses and belts and hats and everything snake related. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're not endangered at all. They're like, this is a major population control thing is they they wouldn't if. If it was at all a, a hazard, they wouldn't have the numbers of snakes they have every year. Sure. So, and they, they, and they check they on the, it. <laughs> so, and do they have the animal rights people out there going, "Don't kill the snakes"? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> they, they, you know, they get protested every year because it's a big event where essentially we're going to kill a shit ton of snakes. Sure. They were going to get killed for the same industry anyway. We're just doing it for entertainment purposes today. You're going to see us wrangling snakes and they do you know the events were and you can see rattlesnakes getting milked and i'm sure they end up milking every single one of them because it's a really good source of of venom if you need it yeah okay we're gonna have a crap ton of rattlesnakes all together in a big pit (laughs) (laughs) like just reach in and grab one (laughs) like you reach in and grab (laughs) (laughs) like here i'm gonna hold the bottle no, 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 you reach in and grab. <laughs> but I, I, you know, it, it's just one of those. Hey, it's a, it's a thing. It's I'm not feeding those. Like people are going to eat those. But hey, take the 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 giant snakes in Florida and make snake fritters or feed them to the gators. Yep, <laughs> that's the solution. <laughs> Invasive species. I've had rattlesnake before. It's pretty good. For some reason, it's in Texas. It's easier to come across rattlesnake than it is here. Mm-hmm. But like maybe because out here they're a pest. <laughs> here it's a damn it, another rattlesnake. <laughs> or get the shovel. But <laughs> was, 
I've had a couple of cases when I was a kid. I haven't seen them when other than like one crossing the road as an adult. But when I was a kid, I remember walking across the sidewalk in my backyard and we just had this like flower garden on one side and we had a, a patch of mint up against the house and I'm going through the sidewalk right through the middle of this and I take a step and a snake like full coil goes straight across my feet between the two gardens. Oh, wow. And I just about peed myself running the five feet back to the door. <laughs> dad, dad, dad. <laughs> <laughs> he promptly found and, and, uh, looking for the word, but I'm, I didn't want to say exterminated, but yeah. he, he handled that one and then, uh, tossed the remains into the street to be picked apart by, uh, small insectoid critter things. <laughs> I had a similar experience probably 15 years ago. I was working outside. I did pool maintenance for like 10 years altogether. And our cold mornings here in Florida are around 30 degrees, 35 degrees. That's a really cold morning for Florida. Yeah. And it's a really it's really crappy weather to clean pools in because you don't want to get wet. And you're going to yeah. get wet. <laughs> no, but. thank you. So it was one of those mornings where it was about 35 degrees. And I'm cleaning the pool. And I have to go over to the equipment to adjust a valve. And I go to adjust the valve. And I have a wrench in one hand because I always carry a wrench. And uh, I, I adjust this valve. And I see out of the corner of my eye this kind of a white flash. And I didn't know what it was. And I'm looking over at the other equipment. And I'm, and oh, there's a cotton mouth curled up on the pump that's running because the pump is warm and the snake needs to be warm. And it oh. just struck out at me. And I don't know how close it was, but it was close enough for me to see the flash of white oh. because that's why they call him cotton. Yeah. Mouth, you know? And Holy. so, yeah, he, he got a wrench over the head pretty quick. <laughs> the way you say that, it makes you sound like a, a cartoon or something. Like they took a swipe at you and just swung a wrench and smashed him. That's pretty much how it happened. Oh jeez. And he was um after I got him like uncurled off the pump and I knew he was dead probably four and a half feet long, four feet long. He's a big snake. Ooh, uh, and I no. don't know how close he came to biting me, but all I know is I saw that little white flash out of the corner of my eye and I was like, Oh, that's weird. What happened there? Oh, big snake. <laughs> Poisonous Ninja snake wrench fun. Foo and you know, no more. <laughs> Yeah, like reflex. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because I I grew up around, I grew up on a lake that, and we had all sorts of birds and gators and and deer and all kinds of things that need water to survive would wind up at the lake right by my house. It's not even yeah. a lake; it's just a little retention pond. But it had been there for so long that it was basically its own little ecosystem, you know. And uh, we would get we would get water moccasins in there all the time. And they're very aggressive. Yeah, and we got those here too. And they were one of those things as kids we were always warned about. We're like, oh, we're going to go play in the lake. Watch out for the water moccasins. I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah. And they're, they once they decide that they don't like you, they will come after you. Like, yeah. And I know people will say, well, they're just being aggressive. They're just being snakes. But they're a different kind of aggressive. And you, you have to stop them somehow. So I've killed 
I probably eight or ten water moccasins. Yeah. I haven't had two in a long time, but just because of living by that little pond, you have to. Yeah, I mean it's it's it is you know survival at that point. It's like it, it was me or the snake, and I'm bigger. Yeah. So exactly. Trust so. me, he was probably thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's probably about as close of a call as I've had with dangerous wildlife. Um. Used to run into a lot of alligators cleaning pools, not in the pool, but I've heard of that happening. But back where where there are golf courses and there's a lot of swimming pools, there's also a lot of alligators. Yeah, and uh, so you could always tell when you were walking into a into a backyard that was right on a water hazard, and you hear a big sploosh that you a, a gator could feel you coming from the vibrations, and it went in the water. And you'd go back there, and sure enough, oh yeah, there he is. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm all for the gators. Stay out of my yard. <laughs> we have this trail down here called Big Rookery. Wait a minute. Bird Rookery Swamp. And it's one of those places that the locals know about, but we we try not to tell the tourists because we don't want them to go there because we kind of want something for ourselves. Yeah. And it is a dirt trail that goes through a swamp. And there are parts of the trail that are probably no more than about 15 feet wide. And it just drops off into the swamp and there are no boardwalks. There are no guardrails. There are no nothing. You're just on a raised patch of dirt in the swamp. And so frequently you have to walk around alligators because they're laying up on the trail and they're not moving and they're used to people walking by them. So you just have to walk by them and you have to carry a stick and, and watch out for snakes. And you might see a bear back there. And it's quite an experience, you know, and it's like one of the old rednecks told me one time, he goes, this trail out here isn't for you to walk on. It's for people in carts to drive on so that they can check on animals and and keep it maintained. But this is the animal's home and you could get eaten out here. (laughs) So it's a big like 12 mile loop and people walk on it and ride their bikes on it every day all the time. So it's almost like you always hear horror stories about animals being so comfortable with humans that like, oh, the bears are so used to humans that they start getting more aggressive and they start approaching people for food. And like in this case, it's the they're used to humans just strolling through their home. So they're not as surprised by it. So it's like you stroll through and the gators are just like, hey, like I watched the tail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I've, I've been. I was on the trail one time, and people were kind of walking a little bit briskly, and they were they were passing us, and people on bikes were passing us, and we're just walking around, you know, walking along, taking our time. And soon, these people are coming back the other way. These people that passed us, <laughs> and it's like, what's going on up there? Well, there's a ten footer in the trail, and he's not having a good day, so he's not letting he's not letting anybody pass. So we're just turned around. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all nonchalant, it's like ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Tony up there won't let us pass. Uh, just, we'll come <laughs> back tomorrow. Say, I was just going to say he might as well have a name. Like, yeah, Fred up there isn't having yeah. a great day, and he doesn't want anybody going past this point. So I'll just leave Tony alone. Yep. <laughs> See, this is what happens. See, last time we didn't talk about animals at all, and this time it's <laughs> we had to get nothing back. but animals. Nothing but animals. Yeah, uh, it happens. Yep, it happens. But it was it was vaguely animals. It's animals because you know we both live in places with animals. 
It was more of talking about shit at home. Oh yeah, and there's animals that are going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I wouldn't want to live in a place where there wasn't danger from wildlife because it would just be boring. Like I was yeah. in Chicago this past weekend, and the only thing they really have there is rats. Yeah. And the it's funny, you see like these power poles, like wooden power poles, and they have signs on them that say, don't feed the rats. And I should have taken a picture of one. And basically what the, the sign is saying is, don't leave things out that rats can eat or make a home in. Yeah. there. I don't think there's people out there with a little bag of rat food actively feeding <laughs> the rats and naming them. Yeah. But that's their biggest problem is rats. Little old lady with a bag full of breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the rats. Tuppence <laughs> a bag. So, yeah, it was an, that was like, oh, these people don't know what it's like to, like, have an alligator in your backyard. But it was it was nice. Like, Chicago was great. But I don't think, I mean, boy, that little sense of adventure would just be missing, wouldn't it? Like, I, is there going to be a snake in my yard today? <laughs> You know, you've got to consider your paint colors in your house very carefully. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Are the scorpions going to blend into this tile very easily? (laughs) (laughs) Drove my wife nuts when we moved into this house, because when we moved in here, the owners changed all of the carpet and they put in this really thick brown, very earth tony color. Like you just gave us scorpion carpet. That's what you did. Like the carpet is perfect for anything that lives out here to hide in. I could probably hide a snake in this carpet. Thanks a lot, guys. (laughs) So do they have special scorpion traps at the store or do you just, well, how do you, how do you keep, how do you prevent them? The, the general rule out here is you manage the food supply to manage the scorpions. So it's about keep the other pests out of your house and then the scorpions have no reason to come in even in okay. inclement weather especially with like uh crickets and and stuff like that that's the big one is like get the crickets and the cockroaches out and for the most part you'll won't have to worry about scorpions like they'll still yeah that's your rat then don't feed the scorpions yeah it's <laughs> don't okay. feed the scorpions but then there's also because yay black light scorpions just about every grocery store will have scorpion kits and it's basically a big double-sided tape kind of just like kind of a standard glue trap but it's almost a duct tape size roll of double-sided bug tape and you can put lay it like at your the baseboards outside your house and stuff like that to keep them from getting inside all right and do you use those i don't know because <clears throat> i just don't feel like going around taping the entire outside of my house <laughs> Especially because I don't want to go out there in the morning and see them. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't want to wake up and see like four or five scorpions sitting there stuck on a piece of tape, still twitching away because they're resilient as hell. I mean, I've I've emptied an entire can of Raid on one scorpion and it took 30 minutes for him to die. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, this is a fight. It's like, I better be, I need a baseball bat at this point, but they're, they're damn sturdy. And so I, I hate dealing with them. But they're the literally the only bug that will come in my house that I 100% will kill indiscriminately. I will try sure. and I will evict just about everything else. Spiders, crickets, my boys, even I've gotten them to the point where they don't 
kill things unless it's like scorpions and then they run. But most bugs, they'll just pick a beetle up or, or, or crickets and they'll just pick them up and throw them outside. And it's like, good. It's like, That's cool. Because at the same time, it's like, stop handling bugs. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. torn between don't kill them, but also stop picking up bugs. <laughs> sweep him or something (laughs) yeah i I mentioned the animal rights people earlier and i wonder what they do when they're like out in the woods and getting bit by mosquitoes or a (laughs) random cockroach gets in their house like okay do they suddenly draw the line at those kind of bugs and and get the shoe out and start whapping at them like it's but i've never understood that yeah i'm uh, I'm like animal rights people. I'm, I'm weird with animal rights people. Cause there's normal animal rights people who just like you and Donna, who are be kind to animals and take care of the environment and the animals because sure. you know, they deserve it. And then there's PETA. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't, and I don't consider myself an animal rights person at all. I I'm, I, I believe in wildlife conservation. I believe in animal wel- welfare. And sometimes that involves killing animals. Yeah. Um, sometimes you, know, you have I, to kill one animal for the benefit of the others. And Yes. Um, you know, your true animal rights people don't want you to have a pet. They feel that if you eat meat or animal products at all, that you hate animals, which irks me. You know, they think that zoos and aquariums are bad to have. You know, they want to shut down zoos that have helped animals that would have gone extinct without them. Yeah. And there's a lot of animals that basically their only populations now are in captivity and they'd be extinct without it. And like, yeah, it's because we killed them all in the wild, but we're trying our best to keep them alive in captivity, at least so they're not all dead. Right. Now the black footed ferret is a good example of that. They were almost extinct. And zoos helped bring them back to a point where they're not of least concerned, but they're still threatened, like they're still in trouble, but they're not going to be extinct. And that's because zoos helped them do that. Like, that's the work of zookeepers. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not an animal rights person. And I, I always try to make that distinction to people because there's a big difference between animal rights and animal welfare. Yeah. Like, you know. you know, Steve Irwin versus anybody in PETA. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Like, he yeah. was an animal conservationist. But if he had to kill an animal, it'd probably be a stingray. No. If he, would, <laughs> <laughs> if he had to do it, he would. And, you know, he was the first person that was going to sit there and set a bunch of brown snakes out on a property to kill cane toads. Like, oh, what? yeah. Like, because the brown snakes eat the cane toads and don't die. There's not a lot of things that can do that. And the cane toads kill our everything. (laughs) Yeah. I remember watching an episode of the crocodile hunter or one of the other shows that he did. I think he had two or he wound up with two or three shows that he did. And he was running around in the outback catching feral cats. I remember that. (laughs) You remember remember that? Yeah. And he was so indignant that these feral cats were out there messing with Australia. Like he just wanted those things dead. You could tell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was not an animal rights guy. He was an animal welfare guy. He was into welfare and education, and 
He was not a vegan, as far as I know. He was an interesting guy. And um, I think when he had his birthday a few months ago, I think PETA came out and said, hey, Steve Irwin wasn't really a good guy at all. And that just annoyed me. And that annoyed a lot of people, you know, because they have a Funko Pop of Steve Irwin now. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, take my money. (laughs) If I were into those things, definitely. Like that and Bob Ross. And is there a Mr. Rogers Funko Pop? There should be by now. There is. I have one in my office. Let's see. I have Bob Ross, Mr. Rogers, MacGyver, Lemmy from Motorhead. Um, one of these things is not like the others. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Marvel. I have a, I have a, I have a few of them now. It started with the Bob Ross one. I got the Bob Ross one because I thought it was cute and he had a little raccoon buddy. And then it just, that started an addiction. And now I'm, I'm collecting Funko Pops now. So how did we get from point A to point B? I don't know. Oh, we went, we, we started with animal rights people and how ridiculous they are. Yep. And now we're talking about Funko pop things, yep. Steve Irwin. And he has a Funko pop and you know, he's, he was a great guy and other great guys that have Funko pops. And <laughs> yeah. And that'll probably annoy Peter too, that there's a Steve Irwin Funko pop and he's holding, uh, you know, a crocodile in his hands. Yeah. I mean, come sure, on. Because... His daughter was named after a crocodile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, that's one of those, like, I remember watching that episode of the crocodile hunter when Terry's in, in labor and, you know, he literally picks her up and runs around the hospital with her. And when they're talking about how she was named and it's like, yeah, it's like, explain this to her when she's an adult that she was named after a crocodile and a dog. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say her middle name Sue is because of the dog. Because Suey. Of dog yeah. I God, That was another heartbreaking episode oh when the dog died yeah oh yeah that was was like that was the that and that was the when you see the emotion it's like you think this is a show about this guy and and crazy animal stuff and doing all these these things and then like his dog dies and it just completely destroys him yeah there was another one where a crocodile died i don't know if you remember that but Ah, uh, yeah, and the the whole funeral and <clears throat> one of the crocodile one of the crocodiles that they had caught when it was relatively small, and they had it in the enclosure, and it might have even been Bindi, but one of those crocodiles died, and he was beside himself with grief. I remember, and then when they took it back and they buried it in the enclosure, and all yes. the rest of the crocs backed away and let them do it, and it was like they just had this massive crocodile funeral, and it's like an elephant funeral and you're like they have it's like it's i don't know if crocs mourn their dead but they definitely showed respect to them in that moment it was like why am i crying over a crocodile (laughs) (laughs) because that was the beauty of steve Irwin. yeah he made you care about animals that were big and scary and nasty and mean and he 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 took that animal and made it like oh Hey, we need these animals and they're kind of cool. And hey, th- they're all right. And that's, I mean, that's a big inspiration for what we do on my podcast is take these animals that people don't like and they're gross and they're nasty and, and whatever. And they bite and sting and, and make them something into, make those animals something that people can appreciate rather than fear or hate. 
So yeah, Steve Irwin's huge, huge, huge inspiration for our podcast and just a great guy, just wonderful guy and animal rights people can suck it. Yes, very much so. Ah, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I don't either. <laughs> the great, the great ending point. Animal rights people can suck it. <laughs> you can make that the title of the show. See how many people I can irritate with that. Uh, <laughs> it's like the whole time I've been like, what do I title this? Like we've gone through Funko Pops and animals. It's like, it's like, hey, we finally talked about animals with, with Paul Chum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's actually, you actually made it easier for me because I'm just off of a vacation and my brain is jelly, but I can always pretty much talk about animals. So this yeah. worked out really, really well. Cause any other subject I would have been like, Ugh. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, podcasting and whatever. Yeah. And like, I can talk podcasting with anybody about any time at which yeah. point my wife is Cheryl, <laughs> Cheryl. <laughs> Sure. Podcasting and animals. That's yeah, I'm 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 down with that too. I can always talk about that. And yeah, but uh yeah. <laughs> but it's always it's, it's so fun and I love getting to talk to you guys and actually getting to have anybody well, I love having everybody on here. But I'm I realized and it was kind of the hey, no, I can have Paul back on because you were not officially a guest of the month. Much like Derek. Derek was not a guest of the month. You guys were just guests during November for I Need Content Month. <laughs> and so, like, no, you guys need the, the official designation. Like, and it hit me while I was mowing the yard today. I was like, I look at this like it's some kind of fucking award. Like, you are the guest of the month. Da, da, da. You're getting an award. Like, <laughs> like, no, I'm just some schnook and you're the person that gets to make me feel like less of a schnook this month. And <laughs> I look. I'd see, see <laughs> now I, I'm on my end. I'm going. Hey, cool! I'm going to be the guest of the month. That's all right. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> like it's a big deal to me. <laughs> I just, I just kind of hit me. I'm like, I, I, I look at like you know, jackass of the week, and I, I'm, I am crowning you this thing, and you are the guest of the month. Like I have any say in determining <laughs> any of these things. <laughs> but, but you know what? On this show. For July, the I didn't even think I was going to be able to have a guest this month, and it gets to be the amazing Paul Chomo. Well, that's sweet of you to say. But uh, I think I need to go start making some carne asada fries. Oh, that sounds good. I'm going to go make dinner, too. <laughs> All right, my dude. It, it has been awesome. Thank you so much, especially on such short notice, especially coming off of jet lag. <laughs> no problem. Well, that is going to do it for me for this week. Thank you so much for joining me, Paul. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I love having him on here. And thank you for tuning in again. If you want to find him, he is on the Varmints Podcast at BlazingCaribouStudios.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Varmints Podcast. Real easy. Of course, all the links are going to be in the show notes at odddadoutpodcast.com. And while you're there, remember to subscribe to the show, whether you're on Apple Podcast or Google or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever you're using. Click the link, subscribe to the show so I don't have to bug you every week. Thank you. And share and all that fun stuff. I don't know. 
doing the spiel. Anyway, <laughs> of course, I am at Odd Dad Out on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or show at odddadoutpodcast.com if you want to bitch at me about something I don't know, or you just want to recommend a guest for a future uh, feature here. Hit me up. Until then, because I'm losing my mind, I am Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you, and good night. I'm such a weakling. It's like a day and a half of one time zone difference, and I'm destroyed. Well, thank you. It's been and yeah and yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really want to end these things. <laughs> no, it's it's always awkward. Nice talking to you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, listeners, for listening. We are the Odd Dad Out podcast. Where normal is not our specialty. <laughs> I laugh at me when I do it, but you're doing it. <laughs> I do it every time. I'm like, this is the best opening to any podcast. I just love this so much. Where normal is not my specialty. You have that little that little lilt in your voice, like, oh, every time it kills me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. But now when you start your podcast like that, you're going to know that there's some chucklehead in the car in Florida, like saying it right along with you.